Do you ever wonder how people get things done? I know that many people say to me, Anna, how do you release so many things, create new sites, go to so many places? How do you get things done? A lot of people assume that I just come up with things yesterday and they happen today, but quite honestly, it's sometimes years, maybe several before things really come to fruition, but you just don't see the behind the scenes work. I do know that I really feel like people need to just get things done. There's a lot of thinking going on. We need a lot less thinking and a lot more doing. You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2023. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 24 years and has taught worldwide in over 40 countries. She continues to educate in person and online while running a busy studio in Tustin, California. My mom's podcast is all about educating and motivating the creative entrepreneur. My name is Ava Brandt, and I'm happy to welcome you to the fifth season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. All the time, people go, Anna, how do you do this? How do you do that? Any entrepreneur or creative that has multiple things going on, they'll tell you many of them take a really long time behind the scenes, but we're not sharing every moment with you. We're just sometimes launching things and you don't see the planning, the discussing, the thinking, the questioning. We just get things done. But a lot of photographers tell me they get stuck. They have endless ideas. They write things down in their notebook, but then they don't actually get them done. Why? And why is it that some people may to get things done and some don't. You know that phrase, busy people get things done? I find that the busier I am, the more I can do things. I think part of it is that the ideas just don't stop. Some people will tell me they don't have any ideas and they're stuck and they can't think of anything. So I'd say just get started. You know, lately I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of people talk about getting things done before they even were even possible. Just a few minutes ago, I was listening to a podcast about a woman who has a clothing line that her clothing line has a built-in bra. Now, I don't know if you've paid attention lately, but that is definitely the trend this summer. Every message that I see, every ad that I see is comfortable clothing with built-in bras. I've noticed that in loungewear, sportswear, bathing suits, dresses. Have you noticed all of the Facebook ads and Instagram ads popping up showing maxi dresses for the summer or tank tops with built-in bras? No, if you haven't, I guarantee after listening to this podcast, you will. Because just this week alone, I've probably seen over 25 different ads on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, all showing different types of clothing with built-in bras. I was listening to a podcast of one of the creators of clothing with built-in bras, and she was saying that she was just tired of bras being super uncomfortable. She felt like she was the last of her friends to be in the e-commerce space, and she was trying to come up with an idea of a product. She told her husband of this concept that she had of making clothing with built-in bras. She ended up showing her idea, her prototype on TikTok, went to bed and woke up and her video had went viral and voila, she had a product. Did she have a sewing degree? No. Did she have sewing machines? Maybe one. Did she have a whole team of sewers? Definitely not. Did she have a deal with a manufacturing company? No. Did she have a brand? No. What did she have? She had an idea. 
Now she has a thriving company, a brand, millions of followers, and a success story behind it. What made her thrive? What made her do this? She just did it. So many times I see course creators launch courses and the course hasn't been written. If you follow any successful course creator or lately many authors or even designers, they will tell you all they had was prototypes, concepts. They would launch courses and sell millions before even developing the course. In fact, a few days ago, I was listening to a course creator who is running a seven million figure business. And she said that one of the mistakes she had made earlier in her career was creating the entire course before she sold it. Why isn't that a mistake? Isn't that the way it was supposed to be? Well, 10 years ago, yeah, I've been in the e-commerce online learning space for over 14 years. And back in the day, we would create entire courses and then sell them. That was the way to do it. Now, most courses are not fully developed before they're released. What is developed? Usually the concept, many times the storyboard, the layout, the the diagram, the timelines, what you're going to benefit from the course, the pricing, the delivery timeline, and even the graphics. But lately, most of the courses are not fully developed before they're released. And I'm talking about million dollar course releases. Why is that? Well, listening to a recent course creator, Jenna Kutcher, she mentioned that the reason why is because she likes to get feedback from her audience, that you can develop and launch a course and even kick it off and start it. And then you're going to learn about your students, get the feedback, and then you can continue to develop and fine tune the course as you go. There are a ton of course creators out there. And whether you are creating course content or developing a photography concept, you can sell it before it's fully executed. Let's take photography as an example. For years, I would always have to scout the location, do a practice photo shoot, and do a few things, create the images and edit them before I could sell a photography session. I needed to kind of execute it, plan it, be out there where the sun is there, where I'm going to shoot it, and kind of go through so much before selling it. As I became more comfortable with my gear, my lighting, time of day, and just how to do photo sessions, whether they're minis or full on, I've learned that many times I can just get the backdrop or even the image of the backdrop I'm going to create and sell the sessions even before the backdrop is in my studio. That happened last year with Christmas. Now I've been doing Christmas sessions my whole career. I wanted last year to do a 3D set. I contacted one of my backdrop companies, Wentz, and I asked them if we could create a 3D set based on some of the designs they already had. I needed to modify it for my studio and I asked them to modify it based on my height measurements and send me 3D renderings. And they did. I then took those 3D renderings and sold the sets as part of our holiday sets to my clients. Clients would buy the session online and pay for them in full and even tell me what drop they wanted before the drops had even entered the United States as they were made in another country. 
What was great is then when the sets arrived, we had to build the set and execute it. And that's how we led our holiday sessions. It was a bit challenging when the sets arrived and the sets were built for the corner of a room of which I technically don't have. And Alex wondered how we were going to do this 10 by 10 set designed to be in an empty corner of a room when we really didn't have one. Let's just say it was the wee hours of the night while Alex built a wall or two to make sure the backdrop worked. And it did. I learned my lesson just a little bit, but we did manage to pull it off. There are a lot of things that you can do many times based on concepts. I love watching documentaries and biography films anything that shows someone doing something in real life. I love, there's a show called How It's Made. I love that one too. Although I don't know if it's really running anymore, but I love watching how things are made. I think it's absolutely fascinating. There is a series called We Crashed based on the business we work that sells office space to others wanting to work in a communal environment, okay? And I've watched this series probably 10 or 15 times and I'm fascinated fascinated by it, mainly because I love the passion of the founder of WeWork, the actor that depicts him, but I just think his passion is, is amazing. But I love that he sold the concept before it was actually built, right? And a lot of people do that. We buy homes before they're even built. Why? Because then we can customize them. So, you know, a builder will go and buy land and have drawings and 3D renderings of homes that they're going to sell. You can buy that home and then sit down with the realtor and the builder and fine tune it according to your specifications. Much like course creation, if you create the course in its entirety and then release it, you can't really fine tune it along the way. But if you create a good amount of it, a good portion of it, you know to your audience, the intention of the course, the deliverables, the content, you can tweak and fine tune it as you go based on the feedback of your students. In the photography career, you can sell a concept of an idea, a lemonade stand, a holiday session, you know, beach sessions. And then after you do your first one, you can fine tune it. I remember when we started the tree farm years ago, I did a test shoot with my kids and then I sold the concept and booked a ton of sessions at the tree farm. Well, after each session, I had to fine tune things. Oh, I need to bring a ladder. Oh, I need to change the time for the sun. Oh, I need to make sure to bring bug spray when it's 90 degrees, you know, in the heat in October. And each session we would fine tune it along. And even now after shooting in the tree farm five years later, we still fine tune it. So many photographers and creators are stuck. You have ideas and you have concepts, but then they don't come to fruition because you're overthinking it. You're going, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to scout that location and then I'm going to think of the pricing and then I'm going to plan it out and then I'm going to get a model and then I'm going to test it and then I should release it. Maybe, I don't know, August, September, October, maybe then. Okay, oh gosh. And then they finally release it and we're already deep in the season and they only had a few people sign up because they're already three months past the season when other people like me have already started selling our Christmas sessions three months ago. I feel that there has to be more doing less thinking. I think we're overthinking everything. And sometimes you just need to go for it. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to need to fine tune things. You're going to need to rewrite things. But if you're constantly thinking, talking about it, letting people know, and then people are going, no, I don't think that's going to work. And then you listen to them and you're like, oh yeah, you're right. 
That's probably not going to work. And then you listen to the naysayers and the Debbie doubters, and then you just realize, nah, I should probably not do it. Are you ever guilty of that? I was for years. There were so many times that I would have ideas and then I would talk to people that maybe didn't have my best interest in mind, or maybe were a little more cautious than I were. And so they would talk me out of it and I would go, yeah, yeah, no, never mind." And then I would kick myself later like, oh, why didn't I just do it? And sometimes you just need to do it. And you may fall flat on your face and realize, ooh, I should have did it that way. I should have talked to that person. I should have rethought things. And there is something to be said for that, but there is something to be said for the overthinkers. Sometimes you need to take risks and you need to just do it. All the time people come to me, Anna, I have so many ideas. I write them down. I listen to your podcast and I think this time I'm going to do it. And then mm, I get busy and, and mm, then I just don't do them. Next year, next year I'll do them. The other day I wrote in my Facebook group, I, I've since taken it down, but I wrote that on my tombstone, I'm going to write, there is no next time. And I shared it with a friend of mine and she was like, don't say that. You're never going to die. That's horrible. Why would you say that? And I then deleted it, but, and no one even commented on it. They probably were like, Anna's like lost her living mind because I hate when people say, oh, I know you're doing a summit or a workshop or an event. I'd love to go maybe next time. Oh, I hate that phrase. No one says that to weddings, although they probably should because so many people are married second and three times. Like, like they should be like when you have a wedding and you send out the invites, they're like, mm, I'm not going to make this one maybe next time. Because honestly, I feel like now people are married two and three times. Wouldn't that be funny if you got a wedding invitation and you said that? Like, mm, no, not this time. Maybe next time. I think the bride would fall backwards because there's no first time bride that thinks there's going to be a next time. But we all know that there's a lot more next times if you just look at the stats out there. Unfortunately, there are a lot of next times and it's probably a good thing. But I just hate that phrase. I hate, like, if you can't go to something I'm doing, just don't even say that. Just be like, mm, sorry, I can't make it. Don't tell me maybe next time, because I'm always like, what if there's no next time? What if I die tomorrow? And people hate when I say that. They're like, Anna, why do you always talk about death? Why do you always talk about dying? And I don't want you to die and you're going to live a long, amazing life. I hope I do. But what if I don't? And I'm not saying that in a morbid way. I'm saying that because we're always like, maybe next time. If you ask my kids, we all hate that phrase because we don't know if there's going to be a next time. I just feel like you can't take life for granted is what I'm trying to say. And so I'm one of those people where I don't feel like I take life for granted anymore. I feel like years ago, yeah, I was probably a little more cautious and a little more hesitant and I didn't take as many risks as I do now. And there's sometimes I do things and maybe I should have thought it out a little bit more and maybe I should have consulted the right people because sometimes I feel like we consult the wrong people. I feel like we share our inner thoughts and desires and our, our things that we want to do. And if you share it with someone who doesn't have your best interest in mind or if someone that's super negative, it kind of puts a cloud over you, doesn't it? And, and they're trying to tell you that they're just trying to be cautious and they don't want you to get burnt or hurt or lose a lot of money. But, but what if? Maybe losing money is what you're supposed to do. And maybe falling on your face is what you're supposed to do. And maybe failing at a business is what you're supposed to do. Because maybe failing at that business makes you look at a different business they were supposed to do. 
anyone knows me, those, I, I watch a lot of Shark Tank. I love watching it. And so, you know, there'll be sometimes entrepreneurs that'll come back that maybe they didn't get their first deal with whatever widget they were selling, but then they came back with a different idea. And they're telling the sharks, thank God you didn't accept me then because then I had to go out and reevaluate and redo things. And then I came out with this product and this is the million dollar winner and they get a deal and it works. But if we don't take those risks and if we don't close the notebook and stop writing those perfect notes and get to work, what's the point? What are we waiting for? I think we just need to stop talking and more doing. And here's another thing. No one needs to know everything. There was a post I read the other day and it said, not everybody needs to know how much money you're making. Not everybody needs to know about your love life. And not everybody needs to know about your next move. And I thought that was fantastic. In a world where reality TV still steals the ratings, we don't need to tell everybody everything all the time. I don't think we need to show them every check we get from a client or how much money we made or share every romantic date we've ever had or share all of our future products. I think that you can have a close group of confidence and people that have your best interest in mind and truly have a listening ear. And it's not always your partner and it's not always your family. And I think that maybe we could just enjoy some of the private life that we have. I know I enjoy my private life very much. Many times people come to me and they go, do you sleep, Anna? Do you rest? Do you take time off? Do you vacation? Of course I do, but I don't feel the need to post about it when I do. If I'm going to lay in my pajamas on a Sunday morning, I'm not going to spend the entire day photographing me laying in my pajamas on a Sunday morning because that defeats the point of me laying in my pajamas on a Sunday morning. I just want to have private time and focus on my thoughts and ideas and plan my next move and enjoy spending time with people I love. And I don't feel the need to post about it to everybody all the time. There's tons of new projects I'm working on, but I don't need to share them all the time. Maybe I'll just spring a product on you and you'll go, when, when, when did she do that? When did that happen? I could have been thinking about it for years. And many times I am before I even pop things out of my brain. So what I would like to see from all my creative friends and those I don't know and those listening to this podcast, just do it. Less thinking, less planning, and more doing. Let's go back and look at that notebook or that vision board or those sticky notes? Are there things that you really want to just do and you're not doing? Why? Did someone tell you it wasn't a good idea? Are you afraid it's going to fail? Are you afraid no one's going to book that mini or that idea? Just do it. Even if it's one client that books it, that one client will be so happy that you had whatever session it was. Just do it. And don't expect millions to come jumping out of the air, but just do it because there might not be a next time. I'm Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at annabranteducation.com.